freaking auto! This, this is Brock and Saul. Brock Heward and Mark, Matt, Marcus. Sorry about just Mike. Mike. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airline Studio. Where's like the buff dudes at? Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Saul. You want the postscript to that story, Brock? Of Albert Breer and his life Do jacket I, or saga? Does everybody in, in the listening world right now Do you all want, want that? It? Want that postscript? Give it to me. He borrowed a life vest, so by the time I got back to the camp, the boat was already gone. <laughs> <laughs> so all of that was for naught. <laughs> I can't believe of all the segments he's been on with us. That oh. would be the one I would think he would curse. Yeah, oh. yeah, That's no, where he didn't. No, he was able to to withstand it. Maybe it's because his kid was in the car. Although, if I know <laughs> anything about Albert Breer, my guess is that kid's probably heard a four letter word or two at some point during his young life. So there you go. That's the postscript. Brock Mariners win last night. They've won six straight. Hottest team in baseball. Is this who they are? I don't know. I, I think uh, Jeff kind of summed it up very well earlier. Jeff Passan by saying that this is them at their apex right now. This is as hot as they're likely to be. But also, this is the team that we thought we would see right from mm-hmm. the beginning of the season. So, mm-hmm. you know, the answer is probably somewhere in the middle of those two things. I, mean, I think this is who they certainly can be because even like last night, I mean, offensively, they're not a juggernaut. No. I mean, this isn't scoring double-digit runs a game, hitting home runs at an outrageous rate. Yes, uh, a Eugenio got on a historic franchise record-setting run where he had an RBI in, what, nine straight games and broke Edgar's number there. And, I mean, that that's not sustainable. Uh, but Julio's had multi-hit games all season. When, when he's going, he's going. When there's a valley, there's a valley. And there probably will be in the next 30 to 50 days for yep. these guys. So I, I, I look at this, and I don't see anything offensively where I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is the apex. Oh, yep, can't sustain it. Yep, not that. Now the pitching? <laughs> I mean, I think the pitching's really, really hard to do it at this level. As I said to you earlier, third, sixth, and eighth in the league. I know. Four months. I mean, at this point, the pitching has proven that this is pretty legit. Yep. But eventually, Seaball is going to give up a home run. Excuse me, a brash or Mooney is going to give up something, right? I mean, they're just not. They did last week. Yep. I mean, like, they've still had their little hiccups uh, as they've gone along. So, I don't know. I'm not telling you that this week is sustainable. Obviously, they're not going to win every game the rest of the year. Mm -mm. But I do think that this style of play is sustainable for this team because this is what I thought they were to begin with pitching, defense, and just some opportune hitting, some power. Uh, at times, and maybe steal an extra base, go first to third, have some athleticism. So you think something unlocked this? Well, I, I think that the, the just this is psychology, Brock. All right? So go ahead and rip it. Go ahead and rip my psychology major, my pre-med stuff at the University of Washington. I know it wasn't Pomona. It's just the University of Washington degree. But this is my human nature and my psychology when it comes to, to this team and, and what, we're, what we're seeing really post-trade deadline when they have been their absolute hottest. I think there is something to be said for professionals doing their job when people believe in you, even though you're not producing and the numbers don't tell you they should continue to believe in you. And for the front office to not trade away pieces, to not just give away Teo for a bag of, a bucket of baseballs, to not trade Ty, to not trade Logan, even though he would have netted probably a pretty darn good return, but just said, no, we're, we're not going to do that. We're not going to sell cheap. There's this little office space by my home here, and I keep looking at it. I'm like, man, that would be so awesome. 
I would love to put a shoot 360 and a batting cage and some stuff in there. Like, the, and, and the market needs it. Like, it is short of it. I'd love to do it. And then I realized I'm not a risk taker. Mm. You're not going to do that. Which is not who you are. No, it's not, I'm not going to do another man's job. All right. I'm not going to do that. But I keep looking at it and I'm thinking, you know what that owner's doing? And I know this in real estate when I was, he's not lowering his rates. That thing is sat vacant for 18 months, man. I'm not coming down on my rates. I'm not going to do it. This is the price per square foot. And eventually a tenant's going to be in there and I'll write off the losses and I'm going to write it out. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to lower the base for everybody else. And I don't know if this is a great analogy, but that's my turn is like this front office. I'm not going to give away, Ty. I'm not going to give away assets. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to give away for nothing on the dollar. Like I'm, I'm going to believe that there is more in Ty France. There is more in Teo. There is more in A. Eugenio. There is more in these guys than they have given and shown through the first three months of the season. And I just have to believe human nature that that's empowering. When you're, when you're a salesman out there, saleswoman out there, and you're not hitting your quota, right, month after month, and it's just not happening, and yet your bosses are like, let's go. I believe in you. You're good. Stick it out. I still trust you. You've done it in the past, right? I still trust that there's more there. Go get it. How empowering is that to you as a, an employee, as a salesperson, right? And I have to think from a human nature standpoint, for those in particular, not for Luis and not for George and not for you know, some of the others, Maybe for Mooney, like, hey, man, we can, tra- we can trade Seawald because you are ready. We're going to clear this path because you and Brash are ready. I believe in you. Go get it go and have confidence and, and go and get it done. And I, I, I think that that's a small part of this. Is it everything? Absolutely not. Are many of these games talk still so unbelievably tight? Yes. And, you know, there's one swing away last night. That dude hits a three-run bomb off Brash. Like, yep. hey, man. You know, like you're still one swing away. And the Mariners, likewise, could have blown that game open. Mm-hmm. Uh, one for ten, other than Julio Singh, one for ten with runners in scoring position. Time and again, like, Euania could have hit a home run and blown that game wide open. They didn't. So I know that it is still, that line is still pretty thin. But I have to believe psychology-wise. Oh, Dylan Moore, you're one for 28. Send you down. I'm going to send you to Mahoney. Like, you're out of here. You can't play. You know? No, they didn't. They, they, we believe in you, Dylan. You had a tough start, man. You didn't have spring training. We, we, you're good. You're going to keep getting at bats. Heck, they gave Wong and Pollock at bats all the way through mid July. Mm-hmm. So I think that patience and that trust, man, I, I do think that that's played a Well, bit of sure. A role. I mean, look, patience and trust is going to reward you generally in baseball. I don't know if it's for the reason you just said. I don't know if it's psychological as much as it is that this game is played over a really, really long period of time. And With so, a brutal amount of failure. <laughs> right. And so, yes, Brock, you're right. You do end up waiting on guys and giving them more at-bats than you feel like you should. But I don't know whether you are rewarded for your patience because of the psychology or just because eventually a good player turns it around over a longer period of time. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying you're wrong, but I think it's very easy to look at it that way and draw that conclusion as opposed to looking at it the other way and just say, yeah, eventually it was going to turn because Eugenio Suarez is a good player and eventually he's going to start to hit. I will say this, and this is undeniable, and this is where continuity matters. It's where John and Pete being together matters. It's where Jerry and Scott being together matters. They don't flinch. Mm-hmm. They don't panic. They don't fire sell. They don't cover their own butts. They don't have to protect their own interests. When you have stability and you have continuity, all of you can do help. what you can do at the Ab- deadline. Absolutely right. You don't need to overreact. You can just react. And yep. I think that's why it is important and why you know I kind of stuck by this organization throughout the first four months of the season or three months of the season when they were taking hits left and right because I think the people making decisions made a lot of good ones in the past. 
And that, to me, in this game, more than others, buys you some time to make some bad ones. Mm -hmm. Because eventually, I think you will get more right than you get wrong. And so I wrote about that last night. If you want to read it, please do. Or if not, I think that's, you know, I don't know if what I wrote last night makes any sense. Is it very biased? I did write about bias. It's at Seattle Sports Talk. Did you article, read this? Is the article very biased? No. <laughs> the article I don't think is, although it okay. sort of admits its own bias. Oh, it does. Okay. I just basically said, and, and I'll sum it for you here. If you, if you have some time to go read it, please do. Well, you that, didn't sell it well to us last night on the email. I'll just say that. Or the that text. it was about bias? Yeah, you just didn't sell it. It's, it's really deep. It's philosophical. So It's not It's not deep or philosophical. It's, it's maybe esoteric, but... Basically well, that, that saying word. that that the, that there are three different types of bias, maybe even five. Oh, okay. That we are all guilty of when it came to these Mariners. Okay. Confirmation bias. Yep. Right, where it mm-hmm. confirms our original belief. I don't think I should need to explain much of that. Mm-hmm. Recency bias, the tendency mm-hmm. to overemphasize what has happened most recently, and yep. specifically in a 162 game season, it's very easy to say, "Oh, Julio's not hitting for yep. power." Well, I screwed it up, paid yep. him too early. Or yeah, whatever. yours truly suffers from that disease the most. You, okay, next. You might have some uh-huh. of that. Keep going. Primacy bias, which uh-huh. is the tendency to recall information that we encounter first, meaning the uh, Mariners primary, have been bad yeah. for quite some time. Therefore, the decisions they're making now must be bad as well. Ah, interesting. Okay. So you could probably include familiarity bias, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I know the name of that player. He's got to be better than the one whose name I don't know, mm. right? Or selection bias in which wow. we follow our team and say, they can't drive in runners from third. They're terrible. Hey, how's the league doing at that? Terrible. <laughs> oh, I didn't know because I only watched this one team. So I, I think all of those things Good. have affected the way we view this Mariner group. Mm-hmm. And my pledge was to just sort of stop doing that <laughs> myself. You right. can join me or not. Uh, I'm going to make every effort to stop trying to figure out why all the time and stop yeah. leaning on one thing, expanding it into others and just say it's pretty fun to watch them when they're going well. And let's hope this thing continues here for two more months, because if it does, I think we're going to be rewarded at the end of it. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Need to know today, Brock, has been all about one guy for good reason. Logan Gilbert, filth, just nastiness last night. He was disgusting. Gilbert stares home into the lineup. Here's a 3-2. Swing and a miss! An absolutely ridiculous slider. And it tears apart one Soto. It's the 12th strikeout tonight for Logan Gilbert. He has just set a new single-game career high. Yeah, he was as good as I can remember him, and certainly the stuff was. I mean, I know he had that great July 4th outing where he went a complete game, shot out. I mean, it's hard to beat that. But the strikeouts yesterday, just the flat-out dominance that he had, pair it with some great defense behind him, specifically from Julio, and you end up with seven shutout innings and another Mariner win, their sixth in a row. Eight of nine, 13 of 15. As for Logan, he really likes pitching this time of year. Yeah, I, I love it. This is my favorite time of year. It's just baseball. Every game matters. Everything's on the line. It's not just, you know... 160 games you play one you have another one tomorrow it's like everything matters everything's on the line especially in close games like this it's just a ton of fun and it'll be even more fun as we keep getting down to the wire here you know it's amazing so you, you, you talk about this and i was poking fun at you with your it's just baseball to me who he did it against last night was equally impressive i know the padres are four games under 500 have been a huge disaster third highest payroll but you look at that lineup. 
I mean, so Kim, good. Kim has a nearly six war, their leadoff hitter. 5.8 war on the season. You realize that? 5.8 war. JP's been awesome. He's like 3.8 war. 5.8 war. Jeez. And then it's Tatis, and then it's Soto, and then it's Machado, and then it's Bogarts, and then it's Cronenworth, and then it's Gary Sanchez, who's had a revelation. Like, there is no break. No, it's a really good lineup. And he decimated them, and he did it with a multitude of pitches. Unbelievable command. No walks with those 12Ks. Now the third best pitcher in all of baseball when it comes to walks and hits per innings pitch. Yeah, pretty good. Unfortunately, the Rangers win, so they don't gain any ground in the division. But the Blue Jays lose, so the Mariners are only two back in the wild card race. Only one in the loss column, so they have nearly caught the Jays. It is that close with just under two months left to play. Here's the second thing you need to know. This uh, rotation has been the key to everything, and it's been, I wouldn't quite call it stable. I mean, the first three guys have been very stable, obviously made the starts all year long, but... You know, you had to deal with the Robbie Ray injury, the Marco Marco Gonzalez injury, a brief time where you were messing around with Chris Flexen and a couple of other guys. Well, eventually it evened out with Bryce Miller and Brian Wu, and now you're going to have to deal with life without Brian Wu for a few different starts. He exits with a sore forearm, going to head to the IL. We don't know how serious it is. It doesn't sound particularly serious. He said that he just sort of felt a little, you know, didn't bounce back as well as he might have liked after his last start. That in and of itself is not a major cause for concern. The fact that it's his forearm is certainly going to keep everybody's radar right on it because forearms have a tendency to turn into elbows. And the next thing you know, you're dealing with a Tommy John surgery. So this in and of itself is not a big deal. We'll wait and see and find out how he bounces back here in a couple of weeks. In the meantime, we'll get our first look at Emerson Hancock. And quite frankly, I'm stoked about that. He fits right in with the rest of these guys. Another tall right-hander with great command, doesn't walk a lot of people, throws four pitches and a high 90s fastball. Sound familiar? Uh, yeah. Jeff Passon said this the machinery of pitching arms that is, well, unlike anybody in the league, say for maybe the Guardians. I mean, just time and time and time again. And we knew this, right? The Jason Churchills of the world who study the minor leagues, they knew waves of pitching was coming. Waves. Not one wave. Not just, a, you know, a trifecta down there in Tacoma, but waves of guys. And likewise, down the road, some waves of bats are going to come. Some of your young bats. That's what's next in your system, really, after Emerson Hancock here. But you just kind of say that passingly, and I know I do too. We all f- fall victim of that. So going into this season, it was flexing. Right on the back end, it was Marco. Yep. It was Robbie Ray, a Cy Young Award winner, an excellent pitcher for you last year. None of them, none of them have been available over the last couple months. And Robbie Ray, after his first start, pretty darn remarkable what they've done on the pitching end of things. Here's the third thing you need to know. We're also one day away from a little Seahawks preseason football game. Tomorrow, the Mariners will be off, and the Seahawks will take center stage for the night. Bunch of injuries that aren't quite concerning yet, but are certainly adding up. Devin Witherspoon, D. Eskridge, Damian Lewis, Ken Walker, Joey Blunt, Derek Young. None of those guys practiced yesterday, and for a few of them, that's now a couple in a row. Devin Witherspoon left the practice the day before and then didn't go yesterday. Am I concerned? No, not yet, but, you know, that's a lot of guys, Brock, that we won't get an opportunity to see in all likelihood tomorrow night. And I think it affects Drew Locke maybe the most. Right, if Derek Young and D. Eskridge could go for him, 
And, and that's nothing against Bobo and others that have, that have certainly stepped up. Cody Thompson's been awesome. So he's going to still have some guys. I, he may have to learn the name of, a, of whatever running back's going to be in with him right in the second and third quarter and uh, because you're not going to see any of those guys. No Charbonnet, no Ken Walker, certainly no Kenny McIntosh coming off the sprained ligament. So it'll be a hefty amount of DJ Dallas with Geno and then some young bucks that are going to try to make this team, man. And that's the beauty of the preseason. This head coach... I think of 32 head coaches in this league, if you were to ask, which ones love preseason football? <laughs> like, rank it. There's certainly those that hate it. Sean mm-hmm. McVay may be number one on that list. I think Pete Carroll loves it. It's nearly 72 years of age, as much as he did 14 years ago. Where are you When he it? built this thing. I love it. Do you? I'm with the six million that watched the Hall of Fame game on replay. Yes. I'm closer to the Graz. I'm not all the way at the Graz. Six million. I know. Tuned in. I, I wasn't. And that wasn't even preseason. I, that was like preseason light. <laughs> I wasn't even one of them. I got to be honest, man. I was not one of the six million. Sorry. That's everything you need no, to know. Okay. We do a quarter past every hour. Sorry. I don't have that in me. <laughs> Hall of Fame game. Come on, man. It's it's early August. I'm not I'm not ready for anything close to that. Not for a few more weeks, but it'll so be how fun. How are you going to get your fantasy team set up? Me? Really? You don't watch them in the preseason, yeah. Oh, you know? You're just going to lean into Mora like everybody else? I just don't do it. That's how I do it. Oh, oh that yeah, too. You I just yeah. don't do it. I know. <laughs> I know I'm the worst. You know, I really, I'm I'm terrible, and I, and I apologize for, for all of that. But you know what? I got a fantastic rank for everybody, and I oh, think you're, yeah, I think everyone's going to like this one today. Brock, I put on... Something for you and something for Justin specifically today. All right. Because I wanted to make both of you happy. And Mora, there's something for you as well. I am like Santa. Just a little bit of something for everybody. Santa Salk here on Seattle Sports on 710. This this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Julio's a showman, and he showed it last night, showing out in front of 40,000-plus people on a Tuesday night. Not bad. A pretty good crowd for the Mariners and Padres, and Julio was just being himself, man. He had a couple of hits. He got thrown out at second base. Oh, by the way, Dave Sims got fooled on that one. How about that? Poor Dave was like, oh, these... Poor Dave was having a tough day, right? Like he gets Blowers back, which was awesome. And I should probably mention that uh, first and foremost, because we haven't even really talked about it today. It was great having Mike in the booth last night and and he and Dan Wilson together. But Mike took on the you know lead analyst role and it was just very familiar and awesome to listen to and made me realize, Brock, how much I've just kind of missed hearing him over the course of this season. It was great, really, really great having him back last night. It was so, perf, man. No question. It was perf. I think Blowers probably would have said that as well. I think that's uh-huh. the type of word he would really approve of and use often. Yep. So that was On really point. good. It was good to hear him and, and, and have him be a part of the broadcast last night. Julio gets thrown out at second base, you know, caught stealing. And Dave's right. I mean, it looked like he had a great jump and a really good throw and an even better tag. And the next thing you know, Julio's toast. But his defense was ridiculous tracks down a ball in left center field, comes in on a ball and makes a diving play that is not easy to make. He said it was the hardest one he made all night. But mm. the one that I think we'll be talking about a lot longer was what he did to Fernando Tatis Jr. Straight away center. Julio gauging, looking, jumping, and he 
did not get it. Oh, he did. Get yeah, it. he did. Oh, he it. did get it. <laughs> oh man, you want to talk about psych? Tatis went into his home run trap routine. <laughs> he sure did. He was past second. He was halfway to third before Julio finally showed him the ball with a little smile. And man, Tatis started laughing. And I mean, it was pretty great. As one who does live broadcasts and where every word comes out of your mouth and there's times words come out, you're like, oh, that was that was really dumb. And you screw up math on the air, not just on a radio show, but during a, you know, during a, a sporting event. For Dave Sims to drop psych, I, I, that that was maybe as good as his his smile, Julio's smile, and his whole psych. acting job on that one. Psych, psych. <laughs> that was so such a great word in the eighties and nineties, and it's and it's been gone for decades. Dave's bringing for, it back, and for Simsy to pull that out of his back pocket right there, because <laughs> that was the ultimate, wasn't it? That was the ultimate sight. It was right there by Julio. Yeah, that for, Julio for, wasn't even born when that word was rocking. No, you know Julio what I'm wasn't even born when that word was dead. It's not like an obsolete <laughs> word. Justin and I were just saying we've heard it. Yeah, but yeah, people don't time. say it the way they used to. Mora, I mean, like when we were kids, Mora, it was like you don't even like saying like jive or radical or something. Like people still use it. Mora, Do they Mora, use it like Mora. that though? Like, oh, do you want to go see this? Do you it's want it? Psych. Yep, no. psych. psych when you fake someone out. Yeah. Huh. I haven't really heard anybody say Brock, that in I've, a good 20 years. <laughs> Brock, you like to give homework Probably to more, us. 30 years. Brock, uh-huh. Brock gives us homework all the time. I think Brock should go back and watch them blossom and maybe see if you can pull back some of those uh, old references from the 80s whoa. and 90s. Yeah. <laughs> it's like something he's Brock, I've been meaning to ask you if you can define fleek. Oh, it's on point. You know what I'm saying? It's just like the bomb. It's kaboom. Like, whatever you want me to do with it, let's go. I'm not even, Mora. I'm not even. He's going to try even. to describe flake. All right? Not even. Right. It's, well, it's even actually in the Oxford Dictionary now. It's extremely good, attractive, or stylish. Mm-hmm. The is example you... is my hair is on fleek right now. Yes. Yeah, Julio last night defense on fleek. Okay? <laughs> Logan, the... Logan Gilbert in general on fleek and pretty impressed with what Julio did. Yeah, that was awesome. That was probably the coolest thing i've actually been on the field for and it's funny it crossed my mind for a couple seconds because i thought he caught it and i thought he was doing what he did and then after like two seconds i'm like well never mind he would have shown it by now and it felt like 10 or 20 seconds later out there he finally shows it and uh, it it even got a laugh and smile for me out there which is kind of hard to do so um it was pretty cool definitely happy he caught it i like logan's self-awareness by the way just like it's a sneaky awesome thing about logan gilbert is that he's very self-aware of kind of who he is how he's different and he knows he's when he's out there he's not smiling and laughing but to see julio do that was great i don't have the sound of it but i I did and i I don't actually have the direct quote but i read it last night so i apologize but did you see what julio said about it afterwards of like hey it's just me and my friends having fun Mm -hmm. he's a friend of mine and this is sort of how we play in the dominican I, I think that's an interesting view on it and maybe an important part of it because we've talked about this for years. Yep. How does baseball get to be more fun? How does it get to be more open? How does it get to be more watchable? And and yes, obviously some of the changes they've made to the game have helped some of that. But more than anything, just showing personality without everyone else getting mad is a huge, huge step in the right direction. Which is so fitting and yet absolutely funny that Scott Service is the one that's pushed that envelope as much as anyone. Right? What, what kind of face does he have? What, what's that? Acronym? Resting mad face. He, yeah, he has resting mad face. 
uh, or pissed face. Yeah, he, he just he just doesn't. He's kind of got the face of an old school manager, right? He doesn't show anything. It's just constant, and and he doesn't show a ton of emotion unless it's re- like he's got to get on the field and you know defend one of his guys. And yet, and yet, he's front of the line from day one. Mm-hmm. Hey, James Paxton, come on, man. I know Paxton. I know there's not a lot there, but people and your teammates, it will resonate, right? Don't be fake. Be whom you are, but if it is in there, let it out, right? His his meeting that I'll you know that sound of him talking to Julio when he made the team I'll never forget. Just be who you are. Don't be anything else, and don't change. What the what he did to Julio that day was sort of similar to what Julio did yesterday, right? Kind of the fake out, like calling sure. calling somebody in for an angry talk, and instead, Sight! right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was sort of the same sort of thing. Uh huh. But let your guard down, man. And if that is you, and you play with just a childlike joy, go for it. And if you don't, don't you worry about any old heads. Tell you, can you imagine? Can you imagine? I, I just picture Ian Kinsler flipping through channels oh, last night. He's furious. He's, he's got a little scotch, just a really smoky scotch, as he's flipping through channels and he's watching that. And he's yelling at these young guys. They don't know how the game. You don't do that to the game. You respect the game. How dare you do that? He, you know that some of those old heads didn't like that. But man, the new heads watching it and the forty thousand on a you, Tuesday night. How could even Ian Kinsler not like that though? Like honestly, I understand some of the because they feel like stuff. you're showing somebody up, right? You feel like you're showing up. Was that though? I don't feel like that's showing anybody up. To me, that's just fun. If you got to be able to have fun, there are times in baseball where I understand some of the desire not to show people up. Hey, don't hurry up around the bases. Don't take forever. Don't embarrass mm-hmm. my guy. My like, you know, I understand some of that stuff. Yep. But this isn't that. This was nope. legitimately just having some fun. And what I love so much about Julio is that generally that stuff is for the crowd, right? I mean, his whole no-fly zone thing, his ability to lock into what the crowd is feeling and immediately think of them in big moments, I think kind of sets him apart. But what yep. you saw last night was instead of reacting to the crowd, it was his buddy. Right. That's what I was going to say, too. I don't think you would have yep. done this if it was any other player. No. If Cornenworth or Camera question. I, I don't no. think he would. No. He's not doing it. Nope. Mm-mm. So you think he knows in that moment who it is I that he got just got? I just got my guy, and oh, I'm yes. going to milk this moment. Oh, yes. That guy that's got a lot of flair and a lot of charisma Tons. himself. And, yeah. you know, a showman, if there's another showman, Tatis has been How a showman right. in so this he, league. So he makes that play last night. And once you realize everything that happened and who it was, how badly did you want to see Tatis's reaction? Because oh, it's the only thing yes, I wanted. Same, right? Like, oh my gosh. Okay, let's see it. Let's see the reaction. I wanted every a camera angle of him rounding the bases. Right. I wanted the John Boy breakdown <laughs> of Tatis realizing that that ball was not out of the park. His reaction you know? is great. And when he finally turns around, honestly, he is halfway between second and third when he finally realizes what's happened and that Julio has the ball. And the smile that he gives is pretty yeah. great. Brock, did it not remind yeah. you of Felix and uh, Beltre? Yeah, a little bit of that back and forth. Yeah. That was even a little more personal because they were 60 feet apart often, and you could read all of their faces. they'd been teammates for for a few years, et cetera. Yep, yep. How about Tatis' catch on Cal, by the way, late in the game, too? Flying, and I'll say this, as awesome as that home run saving catch was and all of the theatrics and the showmanship with it that made national news and and certainly was, was viral everywhere last night, that catch, both the diving one and the one in the gap, I think you and I, Salk, were together. This is years ago now. This is probably, 
who this is probably even pre-cam holdout, although it may have been the next training camp. I don't know. It was 15, 16, somewhere around there. Okay. And you and I were on the sidelines. I don't know if you remember this, a training camp. And we're standing down there, and we're, I don't know, Pearson's with us. We're 30 yards away from the action, um, but they're going team. And they throw a route, and I think it's like a flat route, out route or something, and Cam comes out of center field, and the guy catches it, and he's turning up the sidelines, kind of reminiscent of what he did to Vernon Davis mm-hmm. when he scrambled his eggs and eyeballs. And Cam is running full speed, and it's at us. And there was just, you could feel like, oh, my gosh. That poor, that poor soul. I don't remember that. You don't remember that? No. Oh, I, well, you, your memories. Not okay. great. That's okay. I mean, it's it's not the greatest. But Maybe that's I wasn't right. there. No, you were definitely there because you I and I both looked at each other. We're like, whoa, that's scary. <laughs> Maybe I wasn't there. Maybe was, it was somebody else. Yeah, it was definitely you. Could have no, been it was, else. it was definitely you. Maybe it was you. Albert Breer. Mm-mm, it, it was, was definitely kid. you. And thinking yesterday, if you were in the outfield or you're in left center gap, you'd really have to be on the field to feel how fast yeah. Julio's moving at that size and strength. There's not many in this league that do it. There's great center fielders, really fast ones. Uh, Corbin Carroll is a left fielder. I know that. He is unbelievably fast, right? And Kiermaier is unbelievably fast. And there's great center fielders, but not at this size, not at 230 pounds. And to watch him just chase it down and to take as much pride in that yeah. sulk. I'm more surprised by that than maybe awesome. anything else Julio's done in his career so far. Honestly, I did not think he was a center fielder. And I did not think that that was going to last. And I thought, hey, if you went out, I actually kind of wanted them to go get a Kevin Kiermeyer and put mm-hmm. him in center and allow Julio to play, you know, superb defense in right field and let somebody else patrol center. And as I watch it. I was just dead wrong, man, as was a lot of people, because I don't think we realized he had this kind of gift. He gets mostly good jumps on the ball. He, I mean, his his ability to use his speed and Mm. and all of it out there is pretty impressive. Uh, We're being criticized. And I think in my case, unfairly, Mm. uh, Ray Roberts, good friend of the show, Big Ray Roberts, says, yo, Mike Salk and Brock Heward. Please leave the cool words and sayings to the young people. Mm. You sound really old. Thank you, Ray. Sorry. I'm not trying to use new <laughs> sayings. Why am I lumped into this? Yep, I understand I the sayings from the 80s. I'm not trying to use young people. That's Brock. I don't I don't feel comfortable yeah. with this. That's fine. I'm a hundo P. I'll do whatever I want to do. You're a and what? Ray, and Ray, you I remember know. when you tried to say banger? Yep. Yeah. But that was a while ago. I learned my <laughs> lesson. I'm not doing it today. Mm-hmm. Yep. Brock just said a hundo P. What is that? You know what, that Ray? That was actually J- a Luke Wilsonism. Jay, J- Big Ray, just stay with the afternoon guys, the Muppets. Just stay with them, all right? I know they don't like to share guests anyway, and you're kind of their guy, proprietary to them. So I get it. I get it. But if you want to be Bob and Wyman and not you know, join the young kids, that's fine. You know, I that's made fine. peace with those guys, and here you are trying what? to stir up controversy again. Who? As usual, I brought in three bags of pretzels to try to make nice with Wyman and Bob and mm-hmm. Lefko. Mm-hmm. So they would all be individually gifted to each of them. So Bob didn't have to worry about somebody's greasy, grimy hands in his bag of pretzels. And I tried to, you know, go above and beyond to be nice. And now here you are trying to stir it up again. You're going to try to get me in trouble yeah. again. I'm a middle child instigator. I've done that for 15 I'm, years. I'm, and I don't mind that. I'm well aware because the Gen as, Z language, as usual, Gen Z Brock, language? I'm the uh-huh. one who has to clean up your mess. I'm the one who's got to step in. <laughs> and deal with whatever sort of problem you create. Mm-hmm. I'm the one who has to, you know, be the good guy, sure. be the diplomat, Absolutely. be the ambassador yeah. for the show. So if I have to yeah. do that again, obviously I'll do it right Warm, now. Warm, likable, engaging, all those all things. All those things. It's what Santa Salk is. That's why it's time for Ranked. 
Got a list? Time to put it in order. Fred Dwarmfor's house. Top five. Top five meals that I have ever had. This is Ranked. To be honest, that list was really biased. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen. Every morning at 945 on Brock and Saw. Yeah, top ten list. I'm not buying that. Ranked. Well, last night was the debut of this season of Hard Knocks, the Jets version. I haven't seen it yet, but I got to hear quite a bit of it from Mora and Brock, Justin, some of their thoughts on Aaron Rodgers actually seeming like a normal dude, which is weird to me. Robert Sala came across pretty well. But with that in mind, since Hard Knock started last night, we have Hard Ranked. Hard Ranked. Oh, great. Let's go. We've got some rap songs. Work hard, play hard, work hard, play hard, work, 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 work. Stick with that for now, but that's Wiz Khalifa. Here's Donna Summer, Brock. Nice. Well done. Yep, you better treat her right. Yeah, I actually kind of mm. thought that might squeak into the five. No, not top five. I got 98 degrees. Of course. Oof, man, speaking of that. Brock, I got a little ACDC for you. Did I get the water moving? But not as much as some of their others. Good song. No. No, it's not a good song. Or. Or, I mean, that it's a great song. Uh huh. It's good. All right. Well, how about I'm saying this, it doesn't Brock? move my water like others. Will this move your water? And I got to bust loose from this ball and chain. Yeah. That doesn't move the water. No. That's a good one, though. Uh-huh. Thank you for playing uh-huh. it for I me. Brooks and Dunn. Brooks and Dunn. Spot for you. Yeah. No. How about? Huh? I'm never a huge Brooks and Dunn guy. Oh. Okay. Not gonna lie. Oh. Felt a little like Hall and Oates. Is to that me Garth Brooks? Style. I just yeah. They were kind of the, Is it Garth the country hauling house. Huh? Is Brooks Garth, Garth gets Brooks? It going for me? No, no it's not. It's not. It's not oh, it's a different Brooks? Yeah. Oh, Brooks and Dunn. Huh. Never knew that. <laughs> oh, no, baby, please. You are far too fine to look so sad. You tell Special K what he can do <laughs> to make you feel better. That's, of course, from Can't Hardly Wait movie. I also thought that was going to be top five. No, Dang. it's not top five. Did you good. ever see that Walk Hard Dewey Cox? Yep, story? you got Walk Hard. Yeah. Of course, in uh, Pump Up the Volume, his big phrase is Talk Hard. And then here you got mm. the Rolling Stones. Come between a rock and a hard place from the Steel Wheels album, Brock. Hmm. Got some Black Crows. <laughs> Twice as hard. They also did hard to handle. It's got a lot of black crows. Tanya Harding. I like that one. Two hundred six. Tanya Harding. Yes. We also have the Hardy Boys. Nicole Hardman. James Harden. Penny Hardaway. Tim Hardaway. Yep. The UTEP two step. Uh, The Will Ferrell Kevin Hart Get Hard. I think that movie was called. Yes. Maybe uh, you could stop at the hardware store. Brock, you and Titus later on shoot some hoops (laughs) on the hardwood. Ooh. Harder, better, faster, stronger. That's Daft Punk. Yeah. Uh, Metallica. Are you familiar? So I know you're not with the young kids like I am. Are you familiar? Because Titus is talking about him and his teammates. And the other day when we were doing planks as a football team, a couple of the kids started to say, stay hard, stay hard. Are you familiar with no. uh, David Goggins? I'm you're not. not familiar with David Goggins. No. Dude's a psycho. Is he? Absolute pure train killer. Wow. Can't break him. 
pull-up record, runs like 120 miles through the through the desert. That's his thing. Wow. Ultra racer. He is a bad, bad man. I got, two, I got two songs here I know you'll like, Brock. Here's one. Far away from each other. So good. So many bathtubs. <laughs> it's hard for me to say I'm sorry. sorry. Little Peter Cetera in Chicago. It's hard to say I'm sorry. And then we've used this song many times on the show before. Say goodbye. Why can I picture Big Ray? He's so mad right now. In his parachute pants. Yeah. And members only jacket. Listening to that. Get a lot of the same joke on the text line of Mora. Hard pass on this. <laughs> Yeah, I'm here. You got Jimmy Cliff, The Harder They Fall, Jean-Claude Van Damme in Hard Target. Mm, hard key. Oh, yeah. That one was Van Damme good, too, so you should see it if you get the opportunity. Oh, wow. Got a hard drive full of music for this one. <laughs> hard rain's going to fall. You think, you think Big Ray hardwired to self-destruct. You think Big Ray was a breakdancer? I don't think so, no. You don't think so? No. Nothing in, <laughs> nothing has ever suggested to me that that would be Big the Big Ray, case. if you're still listening and you're not fuming mad and turn this off, can you just text me and solve? I'm curious hey, if you know. ever had your cardboard break right. dancer. Are you ready for All the right. top five? I threw Born something ready. in for Brock already, the Chicago. I knew Brock would like that. Justin, mm-hmm. that. this one is yeah. for you. Number five. Yes. Andrew WK. Party hard. This should get the water moving, Brock. Middle school all over again. <laughs> I used to play this at uh, middle school dances when I DJ. Really? Teachers didn't know that. Do you know the song, bro? No. Party hard. This is ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Yep. We do what we like and we Very like generous we today. Do. Thank you. That's so number good. five. The guy for... looks like he hasn't taken a shower in months, uh, but insists on wearing all white all the time <laughs> for the some best. reason. It is bizarre. Oh, I love Andrew WK. Oh. There's no doubt. It is it is truly a bizarre thing, Andrew WK. But he's number five, mostly because of Justin today on Hard Rank. Yeah. Number four, Mora, for you. Uh-huh. You should drive around listening to this quite often. As you should. Annie? Originally, yeah. And then Jay-Z. Good one. It's a pretty great song, That's actually. a good hard. Yeah. I like it. That whole album. I think that's my favorite Jay-Z. But Jay-Z you like album. Annie the play, right? You've seen it a few different I've times. I've seen it a few times. Yep. I, uh, yep. My kids have Your been daughter's various it? versions of Annie, yes. Yep. yep. I've seen, seen Oh, Ray's it. mad. He ain't even texting us, bro. Well, maybe he stopped listening. Maybe he was disgusted by you saying fleek so many times. Don't you think that's possible? Maybe he's working hard right now. Mm, possible. Or hardly working. Driving a hard bargain. <laughs> Number three. It's been a hard day's night. About as recognizable opening chord as any song ever. Right? The moment you hear that chord, you know the song. I think I know exactly what's happening in your top two. Yeah, I think you do too. Why can I listen and why can I imagine Pete loving this song? Oh, he's the running hundred yard gassers right here.
By the way, update on Pete and my dad. My dad uh, uh-huh. had to run first to home on a tr- on a something the other day, double or whatever. And so they, he said afterwards that while he still believes he could take Pete in a 40, he's out on a 100. He doesn't oh. have that kind of stamina right now. Wow. I know. It's hard to hear. He's building oh, back up. He has up. an update on up. a competition that Pete Carroll has no idea he's <laughs> He doesn't in. know he's involved. And yet my dad's very, thinking about it. I should read you the lo- It's a text, like, you know, four inches long, all about my dad and his ability to take on Pete. Uh, number two. You take it to the heart. The waiting is the hardest part. Tom Hetty. <laughs> Hard one to leave off his list. It is? Yeah. Hard one to not make number one. Now, I think that it was actually fairly clear what number one was going to be. I mean, as the person who you know gets the final say on ranking this, oh, there was sorry, only one thing that was going to be number one on this list. I didn't get that message. Maybe you should have put it on the bulletin board. Sorry, Hans, wrong guess. Would you like to go for double jeopardy where the scores can really <laughs> change? There's one line. Welcome to the party, pal. There's another. Would you like some more, Brock? Mm. Fill in the blanks. Fill in the blanks question. Greatest Christmas movie ever. All right. How dare you? Die Hard number one on our ranking today of hard ranks. So there you go. That is ranked. Mm. We're done on time. Hard feelings. I like it. Well, I got to tell you, after an exhausting show like this, I feel like I've been ridden hard and put away wet. So uh, it's time (laughs) for us to get going. (laughs) Ride drink tomorrow. That got a laugh from Mora. A little dad joke laugh. Yeah, don't deny it. You laughed. I heard it. There's audio. Dad joke laughs are courtesy laughs. No, that was a real one. Came out. You didn't mean for it to. That one was an accident. You let it. You let it slip. It was like when Jared Kelnick laughed. You. Uh, No, that was a real laugh. I saw it. Go Mariners. Go sweep these Padres. Let's go. We'll be back tomorrow morning, six a.m. Jerry Depoto should join us at eight thirty. Until then, the hay is hard in the bar. Hardly. See you, everybody. <laughs> Get to the chopper! <laughs>